Welcome in to Your Retirement with Sam Jones. Welcome to Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, and we have for Dual Financial Strategies a full studio here today of Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel. Uh, and remember, that number is 866-203-7486. That's where you can get your retirement lifestyle review. We've got a lot to talk about in this first segment because there are millions of uh, searches online associated with financial planning. So we decided to take matters into our own hands, as Sam said before, and create a list of the top questions that are being searched online regarding financial advisors. And so uh, we went to DuckDuckGo and Google, and so uh, Sam... Uh, easy question for you. You are one. What's a financial advisor and what can a financial advisor do for me? Well, financial advisor is a is a title that comes along with someone who's uh, met the qualifications for it. Um, that's typically someone that's going to help you create and grow your wealth to achieve financial independence. Um, financial advisors help you build a plan for your financial future, use a variety of financial tools uh, to build the plan and also to help you reach your desired outcome. Uh, and just keep in mind that uh, there's typically a couple of different kinds of financial advisors. Uh, there are those that are, you know, just kind of uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, they just work with uh, anyone and everyone uh, that comes along. And then there are firms like Dual Financial Strategies uh, that focus on retirement, focus on you, your needs, which are basically 180 degrees polar opposite of what they were during your career years, uh, and talk to you about things that are pertinent to retirement and retirement specifically. Yeah, that's a, a very, very good point. So, Andy, uh, the financial advisors, uh, there are many different types. There's brokers, fiduciaries. So, uh, one would ask, uh, what financial advisor should I use? Well, that's a great question, and it's going to differ based on where you're at in the spectrum of working to retirement. So from our perspective, any advisor that you work with should be a fiduciary, which means they have to work in your best interest. Um, they have to prioritize that period, end of story, otherwise there's legal ramifications. Otherwise, then when you're going and interviewing these people, having a conversation with them and determining whether or not you're a fit for them and they're a fit for you is of utmost importance. Do they answer your questions clearly and transparently? Is it easy to have a conversation with them? Are they taking the terms of this particular industry and making them easier to understand or do they use tons of legalese? That's where we tend to get a little bit mm, frustrated because there is a lot of people that do the advisor speak, as you say, and the problem or the challenge is, is that, you know, it's hard when you don't really understand the definitions of all the different acronyms and all the stuff that's out there. Um, what does that really mean? I mean, that goes back to Sam's book, Purpose Determines Placement. What is the purpose for the dollars and cents that you have? And therefore, then what tools are available or are going to make the most sense for you to use? That is something that should be easy to decipher, easy to ferret out and figure out what you need. Uh, and then having a plan that's flexible. And let's face it, things change throughout your retirement. So making sure that you are comfortable with the person that you're working with and have similar goals in mind is also very helpful. Yeah, that's uh, something, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, we are doing for you in this first segment is uh, maybe asking the questions that you would be asking of dual financial strategies. And of course, uh, with Sam, Andy, and Luke in studio, uh, maybe, Luke, uh, people don't know what to bring with them uh, when they have their first meeting with you and uh, or a financial advisor in general. What should they bring? Yeah, well, first of all, if you're married, um, bring your spouse along or if you have a partner someone you live with bring them along uh, we know that one of you is probably the the dominant uh, financial person that sort of takes care of these things on a day-to-day -day basis but when you're planning for retirement 
it's really important that you are both there, both involved. Uh, then from there, bring some notes, bring your questions. We know that you've got concerns as you think about this new season of life. So bring those along and then you can build on those notes uh, within the session with the, you know, the pen and paper that you can bring along. Um, it's often helpful to start gathering statements. So social security statements for you and or spouse pension if you're fortunate enough to have one and then retirement account statements um, along with your monthly uh, lifestyle costs so that as we begin to discuss those concerns and questions about how long the money will last we can we can start to um, take a look at a high level of what you have right now going on i think it's very important that luke hit the point that you bring up paper and pencil because you can't remember everything in the in those meetings and it always is very meaningful to write those notes down that is the key another key sam is and you a lot of people probably uh kind of shy away or hate to discuss this but how much should i pay to meet with a financial advisor oh on your first visit in if you're just going in and discussing with them you shouldn't be paying anything uh, that's an opportunity for you to get to know them, for them to get to know you. Uh, but you shouldn't have to pay just to sit down and ask an advisor what they can do for you. Now, if you're thinking you're going to go in for a couple of hours of a, you know, some sort of a full blown session, and you want, uh, uh, you know, some sort of a, of a plan, well, first of all, that's almost impossible in any situation. We certainly wouldn't uh, wouldn't pretend that we could do that in that short of a time frame. Um, but you're you're interviewing this is your interview time this is time to find out uh the most uh, basic and what we believe is probably the most important question is um is that advisor and is their firm are they a fit for you are there are there ideas are there thoughts are there beliefs is that a fit for you uh and conversely the advisor is going to be doing the same thing or should be to see are you a fit for them um so yeah that should be complimentary all of our uh, retirement lifestyle reviews are uh, we just want to sit down talk to you get to know you a little bit uh see if you fit our uh, our conservative ideals see if you fit the uh, model that uh, we we portray um and take it from there that's a good point because I think some people think that boy, the uh, it's like a taxi cab. As soon as I go in there, there's a set fee to begin with. You well, know? there is. I mean, there's some some firms that do that. that, that they, they're they're they, going to charge you a consultation. They, and then and then as the minutes go by, you can see that meter ticking, and yeah, I think that yeah. dissuades a lot of people. So beyond that first meeting, Andy, uh, uh, some would ask how advisors are paid. Depends on who they work for. So. They could be fee-based, they could be commission-based, they could be fee and commission. They can charge things called wrap fees. They can charge you a flat fee. There's a number of different ways, and it usually depends on who that advisor works for directly. So if they work for a company first, that means any of your big brokerage type companies, um, they work for that company. That's who pays them their compensation. It doesn't come specifically from you. And that's a big difference. Whereas in a fiduciary setting, um, generally it's fee-based and that might be fee-based solely based on the assets that are under management as opposed to some other tools that are available to you that um, might be a set commission. And then again, it depends on what type of product you're using and how those pay out. Um, but from the standpoint of, again, that goes back to what is the purpose of the money? What 
tool is going to be used at the end of the day. And you should have a clear understanding of where that advisor gets paid, how they get paid. Um, there shouldn't be anything that needs to be not transparent about that. That should be all out there in front and easy to understand. All right, Luke, do financial advisors manage all of one's finances for you? I guess uh, people would say, yeah, I'm going to throw this bucket at you and you take care of it. Yeah, well, financial advisors' duties really extend far beyond just making trades or the investment decisions that are involved with getting you to and through retirement. Uh, Financial advisors are typically going to assist in creating an individualized financial plan for you designed to help each individual client meet their financial objectives because everybody's unique in what they have, what they're looking to accomplish. And these plans are going to cover a wide variety of areas. I mean, starting with retirement planning, of course, the um, investments, but then budgeting, your lifestyle costs, tax planning, that becomes a huge um, thing that's not talked about um, very often. Insurance, things like long-term care, things like life insurance, if, if those are appropriate. Social security, because that makes up the vast majority of families' income. Savings, legacy, all these things play a part, um, and your financial advisor should be helping you accomplish these. Um, at Dual Strategies, we are retirement specialists, and so we tend to cover more areas than the typical growth and accumulation type advisor would. All right. So, Sam, why is a financial advisor better than a, a, say, robo-advisor? Well, you know, the financial advisor, that's that's for the person that wants that, you know, they want that in-person experience. They want to have someone that's there. Financial advisor, in my opinion, is going to be able to walk you through a whole lot more scenarios, offer more suggestions on how to best put your work, uh, your money to work for you. Um, most robo-advisors are free or are very inexpensive and you're going to get what you pay for. You know, folks, you can believe what you want to believe, but uh, if it's cheap, there's a reason why it's cheap. Um, they're convenient, but it's hands-off investment management with a robo-advisor. I mean, if you think that you're going to go to a robo-advisor and you're going to get to talk about tax implications, market conditions, uh, your comfort with risk, current economic climates, uh, when to claim Social Security, all of those sorts of things, not happening. Uh, you need to, uh, the robo-advisor is going to do nothing more than the investment. So if you're just looking for a product, if you're looking for cheap, um, robo-advisor is probably the path for you. All right. And uh, we wrap up this segment quickly, Andy, with how important is it to have a financial advisor? Uh, this is something you shouldn't be a, a DIY or DYI, a do-it-yourselfer. Well, there, I think, are very few people that come to the world of financials and feel comfortable taking care of their retirement simply because if you have worked in another industry, then you may not have the experience or the wherewithal to know which tools are available and which would be most appropriate for you. So working with a financial advisor could be a wonderful option for you to make sure that you have someone that's looking out for you. So if you're not comfortable with that or you don't enjoy that game, then definitely hire somebody because from a standpoint of, I think most people can get kind of overwhelmed by the nuances in retirement and there is a plethora of them. So if you're not working with someone who focuses and specializes in retirement exclusively, 
negatively, then you can find yourself in a bit of a quandary or a bit of a pickle. If you take too much money out, you can affect your Social Security, you can affect your Medicare premiums. Um, so if you don't have someone that's helping you with some of those nuances to make sure that you're doing that, then I I wouldn't. I would definitely hire somebody to help you that specializes in that industry. All right. So you've heard the call, and this is something that you may uh, want to wonder about, some of the questions that you may have had as you're listening to this show. Well, uh, we can tell you that uh, both the uh, Sam, Andy, and Luke at Dual Financial Strategies, with their over 22 years of experience, can help you with that retirement lifestyle review. And remember, no cost, no obligation. Sam talked about that. 866-203-7486 is the number to make that appointment. Anywhere uh, in the Fox Valley you're listening to us, whether it's the Green Bay office, the Appleton office, it is 866-203-7486. Uh, they'll be at your service with that retirement lifestyle review. Remember, no cost, no obligation. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, some aging things, Sam, in the next uh, segment, and not necessarily the norm uh, having to retire uh, at 65. Yeah, just because you're 65, it doesn't mean you have to retire. Uh, when we come back, we've got 10 reasons why that statement is true. We're back on Your Retirement. I'm Chuck Caton, and uh, we are in studio with Sam Duell, Luke Van Abel, Andy Schooler of Duell Financial Strategies. And remember that number once again is 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. As Sam said before, don't call me old. 65 is the new 45. So uh, we see more and more people uh, working past that age, uh, Sam. And it used to be that when you turn 65, you signed up for your pension, got a gold watch. What's a pension, right? Some people are saying right now. And then off you ride into the sunset, but it's no longer the magic number. In fact, a lot of people are retiring sooner than that, and just as many are waiting a little bit longer than that. So let's give you some reasons to help you decide what is best for you. So, Sam, uh, you've reached your savings goal. Is that necessarily a time to start thinking about hanging them up work-wise? Well, it's the first step, clearly. You know, if you haven't reached your savings goal or if you don't have enough money to retire, then obviously you shouldn't be retiring. Uh, but if you have reached that savings goal, uh, early retirement could be an option for you. If you've got that kind of money, you've met all of your financial goals, and you're ready to not see your boss every day, um, then that could be a time to start talking about the topic of should I retire early and make sure you're going over all of the parameters. What are you going to do about health insurance? What are you going to do uh, for, uh, you know, what are you going to do for your savings? Uh, how, how are you going to, how are you going to make a living? How are you going to have income uh, during that time frame? But it certainly could be done. All right. You need economic stability, Andy. You need economic stability. Is that one of the reasons to retire? Well, it can certainly be you know, a reason to retire for sure. Many people hit 65 and think Social Security is going to be enough to meet their financial needs for the rest of their life. And maybe at one point in time it was. I think when age expectancy of death was um, 67, 68, then that was probably an accurate statement. But people are living much longer today. I mean, how many people do you know that have lived into their 90s easily. If you're taking care of aging parents, you know it can go on for 30 plus years. And so we have to plan for that. We have to make sure that you have adequate funds to sustain you. What is your 
income streams, where are they coming from? If you are fortunate enough to have a pension, you can set up your own pension. Um, so if you have or have the option for a lump sum distribution from your 401k, you can certainly turn that into your own pension. Um, and there are many things to take into account as you're looking at that. But but essentially making sure that you have enough income that you cannot outlive to um, compensate for the amount of expenses you have is obviously your basic needs. All right, we're talking about uh, retiring, not necessarily at 65, because that's the number that most people try to uh, achieve for, for retirement. But Luke, working longer is actually good for your health. Uh, a lot of people feel that way, especially in the uh, baby boomer generation, that uh, they feel vibrant and want to keep going. They do. We see more and more people that um, are interested in working longer, and it may not be true for everyone. I suppose your job and what you have to do day to day plays a big part in that. But um, there's many people that that come to 65 or whatever age and they say, well, I'd like to work at least part time because they tend to be healthier. They have fewer diseases. Um, they remain physically, cognitively active longer in life. Um, and, you know, let's face it. I mean, I think a lot of people fear that if they leave the job that's made up so much of their life that maybe they won't have the social interactions that they once did because sometimes it can be hard to have friends outside of work. So, yeah, I mean, Sam talks about the book Purpose Determines Placement, but, you know, what's the purpose for your life? What are you trying to accomplish? And for some people, working a little bit longer will give them some more purpose. Absolutely. And another thing we have to look at, and sometimes people don't realize when we talk about Social Security and when to take it, and if you're going to rely on it substantively, Sam, uh, your full retirement age could be older than 65. Yeah, that the full retirement age for Social Security, for those of us born uh, in 1960 and later, is 67 years old now. It's actually been that way since 1983 when Congress changed that from uh, 65. Now, full retirement age doesn't mean that's when you have to take Social Security. It doesn't mean that you have to wait that long to take Social Security. You can start taking Social Security as early as 62 um, under normal conditions. However, you're going to take a reduction in pay for doing that. You can also defer taking Social Security to age 70. You will receive an increase in your benefit beyond what you would get at age 67 if that's your full retirement age. So just remember that Social Security is going to make a part of your income. It's typically not all of it, but there are some very specific questions that need to be asked concerning when you should take Social Security, when does it make sense, what are the tax implications, and how does this... Um, how does this feather in with all of your other retirement savings? All right, to retire or not to retire, that is the question at 65. And I guess that if you're going to do it underward, uh, under that age, Andy, a smaller check is good enough for you, some people would say. Uh, as Sam just said, you could uh, take it as early as 62. Well, you certainly can take it as early as 62. Just know that it's an 8% decrease or increase every year that you wait. So if you are waiting until your full retirement age benefits, not only can you work a part-time job or work the current job that you're working and collect at 67 or beyond wherever your full retirement age without any deduction to your Social Security, but if you start early, it is a significant decrease in your pay. The other thing that you should take into account is if you have a younger spouse. So if your wife is younger than you and the likelihood is, based on insurance actuarials, is that she will outlive you. So if she goes from two Social Securities down to one Social Security, probably want her to have the largest check that she can. And so if you turn it on early, that's going to be a definite decrease in the amount of income that she would get later on in life. So we want to make sure that we are 
planning for both parties and making sure that you both have the income that you needed while both people are alive or if you are left by yourself. So have that discussion, make sure you understand where those incomes are going to come from and what the income stream is going to be for each person. 10 reasons to either retire uh, at 65 or after 65. And I guess uh, if uh, your work adds value to your life, uh, Luke, you'll wait. Yeah, some people don't see 65 as old enough to hang up the hat because there's still work to be done. My encouragement, though, would be talk to a fiduciary-based financial advisor, put together a plan, see if you can retire so that you know if if that work is providing value to you, that you're going in because you absolutely want to, because you don't need to, you want to. Um, you may find value in working longer. And for some, the work that they do is a direct benefit to the community or the people that mean the most to them. And maybe for you, it's not. Maybe, you know, going to work, you know, has just been a chore over the years. Well, now's a great time to explore maybe finding that dream job or that different role that um, might fit your lifestyle better now. Because so many companies that we talk to on a day-to-day basis in 2023 are looking for help. Um, and you can go almost anywhere and do almost whatever you'd like today. Um, so now's a great time to be in that position as a, an employee or even um, someone thinking about starting a new business. Somebody uh, once said that I want to retire under 60. And I guess there's a, an implement to do it if you have a 401k, right, Sam? You can retire as early as 59 and a half without penalty, right? Yeah, you can retire at whatever age you want to. But if we're going to be using uh, money out of your IRAs, uh, then 59 and a half is the magic number. That's when you can withdraw money from those funds uh, without incurring the 10% uh, federal penalty. Now, there is a, a, a 55 rule that's in place where uh, in most instances, if you retire after the age of 55, and if you leave your money in your 401k, you do not roll it over to an IRA, you leave it at the 401k, you can make distributions out of that without the 10% penalty, but the rule is very specific, it's very narrow, and you have to do it correctly. So if you are considering retiring pre-59 and a half, and you know you're going to need funds from your retirement savings, you need to be meeting with an advisor, you need to be talking with someone who knows and understands taxes and things of that nature to make sure that you're not going to do this and be damaged by it. Again, uh, to retire or not to retire at age 65 is what we're talking about here with uh, Sam, Andy, and Luke of Dual Financial Strategies. Uh, You can wait and cash in. You've alluded to that earlier, Andy, uh, with respect to Social Security. Yeah. So like I was saying earlier, if if you are at your full retirement age and not ready to retire, you can always keep working and you know, earn more so if you don't want to turn it on till age 70. Now, age 70 is the max that Social Security will go up to. So you get basically an 8% increase every year that you postpone taking Social Security up till age 70, then it doesn't go up anymore. Um, so that would be your max payment that you could get from Social Security is at age 70. Now, whether you can do that or whether you can't, that is to be determined um, as to where your other income streams are going to come from during that time. Are you working during that time? Do you have rental income? Do you have a pension, you know, what what do you have really out there that's going to allow you to retire or do you just enjoy working? And um, we have lots of people that have done that where they want to just basically determine their own hours. And so consequently, they may officially retire, but come back as sort of in a consultant type position. All right. Uh, you plan to travel now and not later, right, Luke? Some people say, nope, 65 is it. I want to start seeing the world. Yeah, you may be ready to tackle that bucket list. Um, For some people, you know, they've got big travel plans for retirement. So this means that 
you know, they want to stop working so that they can do that for others. Maybe they need to work beyond 65 to be able to afford being able to take those travel trips that they really want to do. Um, or you may, might be like the radio listener we had last week um, who wasn't so much interested in travel and retirement, but he's continuing to work in his 60s and, and plans to do it for a while. He actually chuckled when we asked how long he planned to work because he's got expensive hobbies that he's continuing to work for so that he can continue to enjoy those. All right. And finally, you hate your job, Sam. Not you personally, but somebody in our audience might tell you that. And they want something more. And you're right in the right emotional state to quit. Yeah. The only thing I would caution there is uh, don't let the emotion dog wag the whole tail of the retirement there. Because if you're not financially ready to retire, I, I apologize for having to bring you this news, but you have no business getting into a I hate my job, I hate my boss mode, because if you can't afford to retire, you can't afford to retire. Quick synopsis, Sam, what can we do for the listeners? Just sit down and answer a lot of these questions for you. See where you're at. How are you doing? Are you ready? Is it is it your time at this point in time? That's the number one question we get from people when they come in is, can I retire? And in the vast majority of cases, we can take a look uh, at where you're at at this point in time and at least in that first meeting, give you a reasonable expectation as to whether we feel it would be prudent for you to go ahead with that or if you need to hang out a little longer. But the only way we're going to find out is if you come in, make that phone call, talk to Rick, get on the schedule, and let's see if this will work for you and if retirement is what's going to be coming for you in 2023. All right, and that number is 866-203-7486. That's uh, 866-203-7486. No cost, no obligation. Sit down, make an appointment with Sam, Andy, or Luke at Dual Financial Strategies to talk about your retirement and get that retirement lifestyle review. Uh, we've got to take a break. What's coming up in the next segment, Sam? Well, shifting gears from saving for retirement to spending in retirement, that can be a difficult adjustment. The good news is one of our specialties is helping people do just that. Details when we come back. Welcome back to uh, Your Retirement. Dual Financial Strategies is uh, sponsoring this program. And, of course, uh, we have Sam Dual, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel in studio. I'm Chuck Gaten. It's all about your retirement. And in case uh, you didn't catch the phone number before the break, it is 866-203-7486. Well, the good old accumulation phase uh, versus the decumulation phase. It's saving versus spending. And we're going to take a look at how we can really get ready for the decumulation. And that leads to spending. And that's okay. But I think psychologically, uh, Sam, we have uh, lots of things to consider when planning for decumulation. But I think it's just human nature that when you save, save, save for retirement, you have to be mentally prepared to start spending. Yeah, that's a and that's a tough hurdle for a lot of people. I would say that uh, for the majority of the people that we've met with over the last couple of decades, going from being a saver to being a spender is one of the biggest hurdles that you're going to have. It's very psychologically difficult for you to do that. So we need to be talking about this, and you need to be thinking about this in advance. Uh, otherwise, you're going to you're going to run the risk of not enjoying the fruits of your hard earned savings and investing, um, and We've had conversations with people regarding this, especially in this turbulent market. Uh, you know, we've had conversations with people to say, are you mentally prepared to retire in a turbulent market 
and to see the stock market pulling the value of your savings assets down, while at the same time, you are pulling the value of your retirement assets down. So mental preparation is key. A really, really good and really well-versed financial advisory firm or someone like us who focuses on retirement is going to be able to get you through that so that you have the retirement you deserve. Yeah. So Andy, one of the things I think people should do is to document uh, their spending and build a real budget. Maybe do some practicing before you retire to know what kind of money you're going to need once you start paying yourself. I completely agree. So do you know what bills are going to still be part of your monthly ventures? I don't know, but you might have some changes coming. Your house may be ready to be paid off. Um, your credit card. I mean, I hope you don't have a great deal of debt going into retirement. But from that standpoint, you can test the waters and go, okay, well, we're almost done with this. So that'll fall off. What does that really look like? And so spending a little time doing a budget, I think is very important to really figure out what does your expenses look like going into retirement and therefore what income do you have that's going to offset that and make sure that that your income obviously is greater so you don't go into a greater deficit excuse me but I know that people don't often like to sit down and really do a budget but it's very important so that you know what you have and what you need yeah I would give you a real peace of mind uh, basically uh, because uh, we're talking about things to consider when planning for decumulation phase uh, in your retirement one of the things you can do, Luke, is simplify your life. And there's a lot of different ways you can do that. Yeah, simplifying your life beyond the money um, can be simplifying the things that you have around you. I mean, most of us accumulate a lot of stuff in our homes. I moved a couple of years ago and it was um, sickening, really, um, how much stuff we had accumulated. <laughs> I got a good uh, story about that, too, in a minute after you finish. Yeah, so we just started purging things. But, you know, in those early years when maybe you're trying to tackle that bucket list, you're, you're the go-go years where you're just active and looking to do different things. I mean, one of the things you can do with that energy is to start eliminating some of that ex excess things. And um, one of the big motivators for a lot of people is just not wanting to be a burden on the kids. You know, you don't want to have the kids or some a loved one have to come in later on once you're gone to basically do that and find what you've accumulated over your lifetime. Yeah. A friend of mine in Minnesota has a sports memorabilia supreme. I mean, he's got golf shirts, golf pants, uh, pictures, all kinds of autographed things from different sports. He's moving from Minnesota to South Carolina this summer, and he employed a... Um, an auction house yeah an auction oh, okay. house the, to put it online auction of all this stuff and the people told him of course they're going to take 30 percent they said he's got about a hundred thousand dollars worth from their estimation of junk so he's trying to simplify his life i can't believe it he's got like 75 golf shirts that he's never worn never mind wow. just a total of 75 so i mean maybe he's got you beat in terms of all that stuff <laughs> i know i'd like to try to purge as much junk i'm trying to get rid of a lawnmower right now so i'm going to give it to the people that cut our grass but hey uh the crazy thing is um you can do that uh, and simplifying your life is so important and sam uh, you talk about turning on lifetime income. This is some of the things that you talk about with uh, your clients of the Retirement Lifestyle Review because some people don't realize that you can turn on a lifetime income source that will never go away. Yeah, there's multiple different ways that you have to look at lifetime income, and you have to determine up front. That's why we talk so much about 
putting in place a spending budget and a lifestyle budget because we have to determine how much income are you going to need. But that's one of the primary things that's going to happen, friends, when you transition from your working years to your retirement years is your entire scenario needs to change so that your savings are more reflective of a portfolio or of different asset tools that will provide you with income specifically on your uh, on your regular everyday expenses. You need to have guaranteed income coming from somewhere, whether it's Social Security or a pension or guaranteed annuity payments or something. You've got to have that guaranteed because otherwise you will get into timeframes like 2022 if you're relying completely on the stock market to provide you with your paycheck every month. And you're going to find yourself either A, in trouble because the value of your assets has dropped so much, or B, you're going to find yourself profoundly psychologically affected because now the fear starts to come into play because you see money going out the door and you're afraid you're going to go broke. Absolutely. And setting up your investments properly with the, what we call sequence of returns is important, right, Andy? It is. Sequence of returns is an interesting concept if you haven't heard of it. Basically, um, you can compare a couple of different portfolios. So let's take you know, Joe and Sally and Mary and John. But essentially, if they started off with the exact same amount of money, call it $500,000 going into retirement, and the first couple got positive returns the first few years, and then there was some negative returns. Um, and that goes back and forth, of course, depending on what's going on with the market versus option number two, if they have negative returns in the very beginning of their retirement years, um, that can be really challenging to the longevity of your retirement nest egg. So when you are looking at sequence of returns and understanding how much your portfolio can be impacted by market returns, you may need to look at some different tools to offset potentially what could happen in the market. And, um, give yourself a better chance for not having to put so much focus on that sequence of returns. Obviously, there's other things that can be involved in planning for retirement that are going to set you up to make sure that you are not putting yourself in a uh, bad position. So working with someone that focuses on retirement, knows and understands what you need because everyone's a snowflake, um, is very important to your success. Mm -hmm. And how about, uh, Luke, setting up a plan and process for monitoring those assets? Right, because just because you're retired doesn't mean that everything sort of stays in an autopilot status. You want to be sure that you're reviewing your income levels. What are your What are the tax implications to the income that you have, the distributions that you're taking? You also want to review and make the necessary changes with your asset allocation, the investments you own, the ratios that you own, and also risk because um, just because you fall into one risk zone, uh, maybe a few years before retirement, once you're retired, it might change. And once you get a few years into retirement, the focus might change um, by and large as people get closer and closer to um, passing away, they become more concerned about preserving what they have. So that's another thing that you want to look at. Um, throughout this process is are you preserving the wealth the way that you wanted are you spending down the assets um, according to your plan all right and uh finally understanding your levers what do we mean by that sam uh, when we talk about uh, saving versus spending well, what levers are you going to pull and at what time? Or maybe you can think about it as what buckets are you going to take money from? So um, what do you need to spend? What, what do you have to have? What's your required spending versus what you'd like to spend, your discretionary spending? Are you willing to live with less travel or eating out if there's a recession? Are you willing to cut back on things if times are hard during a retirement? So understand that. 
Are you planning to spend less over time? We usually start with a static number, but we know that the average retiree spends about 10% less per decade in retirement. So if you retired 60 years old, by the time you're 90, you're likely spending 30% less in today's dollars than you were at 60. Um, are you willing to go back to work part-time? If your retirement income is $75,000 annually, you may only need to make $25,000 per year if things really go sideways, since you'll probably have your Social Security, maybe you've got a pension, you've got your savings to work off of. So understand what your levers are, understand what your triggers are, and then be prepared to meet those during retirement. That's why it's very tough to do a successful retirement with a hands-off advisor who doesn't know and understand retirement or even more so a robo-advisor. And we find that do-it-yourselfers, you struggle the most of anyone during this time frame because you want to be managing, controlling your investments. You want to try to save a couple of dollars, but you don't know the answers to any of the other questions regarding tax implications, regarding legacy planning, regarding when to take Social Security. Those things you don't know and understand, and that's where we see the largest dollar leakage. We, we call this stepping over a dollar to pick up a nickel, where you're spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in unnecessary money on taxes and things of that nature while saving a couple of dollars on fees don't allow the fee dog or the tax dog to wag the tail of the retirement absolutely and this is what you do for people right you advise them uh, accordingly it's what we do i mean that's what we do every day that's what we've done every day for more than two decades now so we know and understand retirement and friends even more so than understanding the mechanisms of retirement, because that's just stuff, right? I mean, under, understanding that is important. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not making light of that. You have to have someone that's very competent in those areas. But different than all others, we understand the psychology of retirement. We understand how you feel. We understand how you think, because we have met with thousands of people over the years. And we understand the thought process that you're going through, the apprehensions that you have, the anxiety that you're suffering, or for some of you, the pure joy. So come in and talk to us. It's time for you to start working with a firm that knows and understands you, that focuses on exactly what you're getting ready to do, which is retirement, and that also is not going to lecture you and is not going to go political on you and is not going to get into the whole work world or the whole uh, you know um, virtue signaling world that's out there today. If you want to work with real people who live in the real world today, who think the way you think and feel the way you feel, come and see us. We're oh, the right firm for that. And it is 866-203-7486. That's the number that uh, we're talking about to uh, talk to Sam and your Luke at Dual Financial Strategies and uh, get that uh, comprehensive retirement lifestyle review. No cost, no obligation. 866-203-7486 is the number. Got to take a break. And I know the final segment's a good one. Yeah, it is. Uh, when we return, we're going to jump into some questions from listeners. You always seem to like that uh, segment the most, and we'll be right back to do that. Your retirement continues now with our question and answer segment. Remember, that number is 866-203-7486. Uh, you get the Retirement Lifestyle Review. Chuck Caton here, uh, Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel in studio with me here. And uh, you're listening to us anywhere in the Fox Valley. They've got offices in Green Bay and Appleton. Let's go to uh, Green Bay. And, Sam, we've got a question here from Ben. Are you all set to go with it? 
You bet. Let's go. All right. Uh, my employer just cut our 401k match completely, said Ben. Uh, they used to match 100% uh, of our first 6%, but now they're contributing absolutely nothing. And I keep telling my wife that uh, if they're not going to match, we shouldn't put any money either in. Uh-oh. <laughs> Can you help me explain the why to her? Or am I all wet doing this, I guess? I'm going to add well, that one to the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to be able to completely take your side on it, Ben, or try <laughs> to convince your wife that this is the right thing to do. Uh, because there are, uh, as with most things, there's several it depends in here, okay? Uh, we are seeing this uh, more than we have in the past where employers are cutting matches or they're deleting matches uh, because of cash flow, because of economic conditions. There's a multitude of reasons. But... That doesn't mean that you should stop doing something. Uh, first of all, how much money are you saving, Ben? If you are saving more than what the amount is that you can put into a regular IRA, well, then the 401k makes perfect sense because you can put a lot more money into a company 401k per year than you can put into an outside IRA. It's just the way that the contribution limits are structured. Um Secondly, who's going to run the plan for you? Who's going to do these things for you? Do you, do you need some help with it? Uh, things of that nature. Have you examined fees? Make sure that your fee structure is not going to change. But um, certainly I don't want you to stop saving, but I do want you to look at several different areas of this before you just cut off that completely. But the biggest one I would say you need to think about is are you putting more money into your 401k in a year? than what you could if you went outside of the plan to do a regular IRA, that might be the number one reason you would continue to contribute to the 401k. All right. We've got uh, Marilyn in Oshkosh now, uh, who says my husband's 57, aiming to retire at 65. His main IRA is with a big box chain and has about $330,000 in it. And after listening to your show, I figured I would take uh, what I learned and then check the stock bond ratio. I almost fell off my chair with 86% of our uh, portfolio in stocks. So should we rebalance with more bonds? We also have a 401k, she says, as an aside, uh, with $150,000. Thank you. Luke, what do you think? Hi, Marilyn. Yeah, it could be really eye-opening when we dive into our finances and learn a little bit more about what's going on and, you know, even even beyond you know, how much stocks, how much bonds, but what risk is being um, carried with that. And typically, the more stocks we have, the most, uh, the more risk we're going to have. Um, I'd also be curious um, whether you did the, the dive into the $150,000 401k um, to know if that allocation falls, you know, the same, greater, lesser um, amount of, of stocks exposure. Um, but given your level of surprise here with um, almost falling out of your chair with the 86% stocks, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a little bit of a limb here and say that you're probably not comfortable with that. You're probably feeling like, gosh, that's too much risk that we're taking, you know, getting this close to retirement. So with just eight years left to work, um, I would suggest getting a grasp on your comfort level with risk, um, starting to answer questions like if we had another market downturn, when we have another market downturn, how much are you comfortable losing of the 330000 and the $150,000? Um, one of the tools that we have right through our website that many families like to go on just to, to check to see where are they at right now with regard to risk is something called Riskalyze. 
Um, you'll find it right on the homepage under what's your risk number in the top right corner. Um, any of our listeners can use this, uh, yourself included. And I'd even encourage husbands and wives to complete that assessment separately because oftentimes one spouse is much more risk averse than maybe the other spouse is. And it helps to really get a good understanding of where each fits into the retirement scenario. Um, and this is a great starting place uh, where we can compare your risk appetite with how is your overall portfolio structured. Um, and, and given the 86%, you sound like you're, you're quite heavily weighted to stocks and could maybe benefit from some allocation changes to rebalance to more conservative holdings to help protect and preserve the wealth that you and your husband have worked so hard for over the last probably 40, 35, 40 years. All right, why don't you give the website then, Luke? Uh, you talked about uh, the risk is on that website, so let's give the audience our uh, your website. So our website is dualstrategies.com. That's D-U-E-L-L strategies.com with the what's your risk number being in the top right corner of the homepage. All right, so you've got that there. And remember, uh, you can make that phone call at 866-203-7486. Ask the same questions and uh, make that appointment at no cost, no obligation to get a retirement lifestyle review and find out uh, more about uh, what Luke, uh, Luke is talking about in terms of assessing your risk as you approach retirement. All right, final question comes uh, from Phyllis in De Pere. And Andy, she wants to know, uh, recently turning 54 and beginning looking for long-term care insurance, I did a preliminary search online, and I was surprised to find out how much the LTC insurance can cost. On the other hand, the thought of needing care and throwing my family into financial turmoil as a result turns my stomach. Uh, and I know a lot of people my age, as I'm nearing retirement, that don't have it. So is there a general rule of thumb that you use that uh, might help me decide? Well, Phyllis, that's a great question. And I'm not surprised that what you found online was quite expensive. Traditional, there's several different types of long-term care. There's what's we call traditional long-term care, which is going to be you pay, you're going to pay every month. The insurance companies can raise the premium costs at their will essentially based on a group so if they're trying to we've seen this push people off of a plan because it's got too many bells and whistles that they don't want to spend money on then they'll oftentimes increase the premium to that group of people in that age group and essentially make it totally cost prohibitive that you can't afford it any longer and therefore you you know have to get off so we don't often like to use traditional long-term care plans because of that option. Now, there are hybrid plans that you can utilize, and especially at 54. So the younger that you are when you purchase long-term care insurance, the better oftentimes the price is going to be. Now, with hybrid plans, there's a stopping point. So you're going to pay premium for a number of years, depending on how you want that build out, what kind of assets you're looking for, um, what kind of benefits you're looking for. And you can essentially build it so that you're only paying premium. So for instance, you're 54 now. Well, how long do you want to pay premium? So if we look at it and we say, all right, well, what can we get if we pay premium for 10 years? Um, that's the way Sam's plan is built for himself, where we pay that insurance company for 10 years and that becomes a guaranteed um, plan at that point in time that he can't outlive. So so there's always options. You just have to be able to talk to somebody who know and understands those options and then figure out what is the best fit for yourself and your family to make sure that it's covering. 
Oftentimes, seven out of 10 people are going to need some sort of care. Now, it's more likely that you as a woman are going to need care. Um, The uh, actuarial tables tell us that um, husbands or married couples, um, the husband oftentimes doesn't need as much long-term care as the wife does because generally she is there to help take care of him. And when he passes away, then the question remains, who is going to take care of you? So that is where I would start and say, well, what can we really afford? What are we looking for? What kind of benefits are you looking for? And go from there. All right. Very good answer. Very comprehensive answer from Andy Schooler here of uh, Dual Financial Strategies. And Sam, uh, I think that uh, it's time for you to appeal to our audience of what uh, Dual Financial Strategies can do for them. It's a really simple visit, friends. It's it's very low-key. It's very easy to do. I need you to call the number. Call the 800 number that Chuck's giving you. Talk to Rick. He'll have you sat down with either myself or with Andy or with Luke, one of the advisors in the office, and we're just going to talk about you. We're going to have you bring a few documents with you. If you want us to look at anything that you have, bring your tax returns, bring your investment statements. Uh, Luke talked earlier about the Riskalyze uh, tool that we use. We can run you through a Riskalyze scenario, but this meeting is about you. It's an opportunity for you to get to know us and us to get to know you a little bit to see if we'd be the right fit for you, to see if Dual Financial Strategies is the right uh, team to get you into and through your retirement. Uh, I think you'll find it to be very pleasant. I think you'll find it to be very laid back. Um, And it's in a very comfortable environment for, for those of you that are conservative, that believe in the same things that you've believed in for so many years um, and have not uh, had the focus of worrying about all of the crazy things that are going on in the world today, uh, this is the place you can come to where we still work, we still believe in things in an old-fashioned way, and we still do the things the way we've done them for the last 20 years, which is get you to and through retirement in a good personal and customized environment. All right, and so it's very easy to get a hold of uh, the uh, wonderful people who are at your service for retirement at Dual Financial Strategies. Uh, That number is 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. The Retirement Lifestyle Review is complimentary. No cost, no obligation, whether you visit with them in the Green Bay office or the Appleton office. Give Rick a call at 866-203-7486. You'll be happy you did it uh, because they have over a score of years of experience uh, with the retirees, pre-retirees that are wanting to ask some of those questions about am I ready to retire. And don't be afraid to go into the decumulation phase because they will help you prepare so that can uh, they can assuage any fears you have of running out of money. Once again, it's 866 866- 203-7486 Dual Financial Strategies. Sam, your final thoughts. Appreciate everybody tuning in today. Hope the information was helpful for you. We will be here same time, same place next week. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.